Gureski and the Blue Bottle Fly by Giovanni Mosca. Sometimes a teacher needs skills that are not taught. Twenty years old, the letter of appointment as a temporary teacher tucked in a breast pocket, my heart thumping. I went to the school and asked to see the headmaster. Who are you? his secretary asked. The headmaster sees only teachers at this time. I am the new teacher, I replied. The secretary went moaning into the headmaster's office. He came out, saw me, and clasped his brow. What on earth is the education department up to? he shouted. Here they are sending me a boy when I need a tough man, able to deal once and for all with those forty terrors. They'll make mincemeat of you. Then, realising that this was hardly the best way of encouraging me, he smiled, patted me on the shoulder, and in a gentler tone said, Are you twenty yet? You look sixteen. You're sure that it's this school that's written down? Here you are, I said, showing him the letter of appointment. May God be with you, the headmaster exclaimed. No one yet has been able to keep these boys under control. Forty devils, armed and organised under a leader called Goreski. The last teacher, an elderly gentleman known for his severity, left in tears yesterday, asking for a transfer. We walked down a long corridor that had classrooms off either side. This is it, said the headmaster, stopping outside 5C's room, from which a racket was coming. Screams, the clattering of missiles against the blackboard, singing, and the noise of desks being dragged backwards and forwards. I think they're building barricades, the headmaster said. He squeezed my arm, walked away so as not to see anything, and left me alone in front of 5C's door. If I hadn't been looking forward to this job for a year, And if I hadn't needed the money for myself and my family so much, I would probably have walked away too. Instead, I opened the door and went in. There was sudden silence. I made the most of this opportunity to close the door and go behind my desk. Forty boys stared at me menacingly. Outside, the wind was sweeping tree branches against the window panes. I clenched my fists, summoning the strength not to say anything. Just one word would have broken the spell, and I had to wait, without precipitating events. The boys kept staring, and I returned their stare in the same way a trainer stares at his lions. It was not difficult for me to identify Goreski, their leader. He was sitting in the front row. He was a very small boy, with cropped hair, two teeth missing, and small, fierce-looking eyes. He was tossing an orange from one hand to the other, and looking at my forehead. The moment had come. Crying out loud and holding the orange firmly in his right hand, he threw back his arm and hurled it. I moved my head slightly to one side, and the orange splattered on the wall behind me. It was perhaps the first time that Goreski had ever missed a throw, and I had only moved my head slightly aside, the bare minimum not to be hit. Goreski stood up in a fury and aimed his red elastic catapult loaded with small, saliva-sodden balls of paper. Almost simultaneously, the other 39 stood up and took aim with their own catapults, which were made out of ordinary elastic, not red, this being the colour reserved for the leader. The silence had grown intense. The branches still swept gently against the windows. A drone could be heard, which seemed even louder because of the silence. A blue bottle fly had come into the classroom. 
Goreski still kept his eyes fixed on me, but he darted quick glances at the blue bottle, and the other boys were doing the same. I could understand the struggle that was taking place within them. Which was it to be, the teacher or the insect? I well knew how fascinating this insect could be. I was just out of school and I wasn't able to remain completely indifferent in the presence of a blue bottle either. Suddenly I said, Goreski? The boy started, astounded that I should know his name. Do you think you'd be able to kill that blue bottle with your catapult? A murmur began to spread round the class. The catapults, previously aimed at me, were now lowered and all eyes were on Goreski who, leaving his desk, took aim at the blue bottle. But the paper ball merely went twang against a light bulb. The blue bottle was still merrily droning like an aeroplane. Give me the catapult, I said. I chewed on a bit of paper, shaped it into a ball and aimed Goreski's catapult at the blue bottle. My salvation, my future prestige, everything was utterly dependent on that one blow. I lingered for a long time before firing. Remember, I told myself, that when you were at school, no one surpassed you in the art of killing blue bottles. Then I let the elastic go. The droning suddenly stopped and the blue bottle fell dead at my feet. Goreski's catapult, I said, going back to my desk and holding up the red elastic, is here in my hand. Now I want the others. I could hear whispering, but it was of admiration rather than hostility. One at a time, with their heads bowed, the boys filed past my desk, which was soon piled high with 40 catapults. Calmly, as though nothing had happened, I said, Let's start with the verbs. Goreski, up at the blackboard. I threw him the chalk. I am, I began to dictate. You are, he is. For more RD Talks, visit readersdigest.com.au. Brought to you by Readers Digest Australia. Narration by Zoe Mernier. Sound production by Ricky Price.